our emotions are going to assign the good or bad to each and every experience. But if you kind of look at it like it's neither good nor bad, it just is, then whatever happens moving forward, you kind of realize things do pan out the way that they're supposed to pan out. And it's just about the learning that you take with it. We heal in health and we die through dieting. You feel? Yeah, me too. Let's start the vulnerable and raw conversations needed to inspire. Let's get the experts talking to educate and motivate. Let's come together as a community to discuss what it means to be optimally human and aligned spirit. Hello, dear friends, and welcome back. I'm your host, intuitive gut health coach, Chelsea Haynes, and this is Let's Start Health. This is a podcast sharing deep, meaningful, and vulnerable stories of personal triumph in order to educate, inspire, motivate, and really help raise the collective vibration one episode at a time. I am your host, gut health coach, Chelsea Haynes. Y'all, I am so excited to bring you today a real and raw conversation between myself and a like-minded new friend, Jordan Gross. Jordan grew up like many of us millennials, chasing the American dream, listening to other people's opinions, and ignoring his intuition along the way. Luckily, he hit a fork in the road, and eventually his intuitive signs just got so loud that they could not be ignored any longer. You may have seen him on a TEDx stage, or maybe you've had an opportunity to read his new book, The Journey to Cloud Nine, which, by the way, is currently available on Amazon Kindle for only 99 cents. He felt called to gift this book for only 99 cents as we navigate this unprecedented time of uncertainty, otherwise known as the coronavirus COVID-19 pandemic that has seemingly shut down life as we once knew it. The end of the episode cuts off a little bit because just as we were about to round out, I lost power in my entire house. So pardon the end and potentially rude (laughs) interruption to our normal recording. And thank you so much for tuning in. If this episode offered some value to you, we would deeply appreciate it if you gave us a rating on iTunes and shared the show with your family and friends. Thank you again so much, and without further ado, let's start the show.
Jordan, thank you so, so, so much for being here today. It is truly my honor, my deep privilege to have you. I know we've been trying to coordinate for a little while. We've got a lot to talk about, and I'd love just to hand the microphone over to you. And if you wouldn't mind, please just share with us a little bit about who you are and a little bit about your story. Yeah, so Chelsea, thank you so much for having me on. I know, like you said, we've been trying to do this for a little bit, but here we are. Um, April 9th, 2020, a little bit of a, a unique situation going on. If anybody's going to be listening to this five years from now, um, we're in the midst of the coronavirus <laughs> crisis. So uh, it, it's just really nice that we get the opportunity to chat. And I'm so grateful to connect with people like yourself who are really making a difference and adding value to those people who are facing some real challenges right now. So just thank you for all that you do. Um, and I'm really just excited to chat today, but to address your question in as, so I can tell a really long story about my story mm -hmm. and who I am, but to, to fast forward so we can get into more juicy stuff and, and be helpful about mm -hmm. our current situation and what's going on now. Um, I was a guy who was just going through the motions, running on the hamster wheel for a long time in a lot of different areas of my life in health in relationships, in my career pursuits, in academia, right? So in high school, it was just soccer and get good grades. And then when I got to college and playing professional soccer was no longer a reality, it was get good grades and get good internships. And then once I got the good internships, it was get a job that's going to make me a lot of money and go into investment banking or consulting or something like that. And all of these decisions were really dictated for me by my peers, by uh, my teammates, by fraternity brothers, right? People who just kind of said, this is the path you should be taking because you're a 20 something year old guy and you know, you're on that path. So that's what I did. And uh, it wasn't until I kind of started listening to personal development podcasts and reading books and listening to books that I kind of said, this isn't what I'm supposed to be feeling like. I'm not fulfilled. I'm not doing something aligned with who I really know who I am deep down. So everything changed probably, you know, senior year of college. I did a one-year master's program after that. And I started to understand that I needed to do work that was more aligned with who I am. So I actually got into the restaurant industry, I thought, you know, my way of helping people would be through food and, and beverage and starting early in the restaurant world. But I realized that wasn't it either. But the one part that I love so much of the restaurant world was just the client interaction, the, the customer engagement, the communication, the starting something, building relationship piece, um, and really just adding value to others, right? So I ended up quitting that in November 2017 and realizing all of these things. And uh, I kind of said, you know, the, the main theme is that I want to just add value to other people without expecting anything in return. So a couple months later, I came out with my first book about morning routines, my own morning routine, how I wake up and I'm positive and optimistic and I overcome any stress or anxiety going into the rest of the day. And then I started speaking and doing podcasts and coaching and writing more. And then I came out with my next book, The Journey to Cloud Nine, and that's all about my own journey, pretty much, of listening to my intuition, my heart, as opposed to all these external influences that was kind of guiding me in the wrong direction. So that's, that's what's going on now. And then especially, you know, here we are talking today, I've kind of put all that to the side and I'm just focusing on different ways to make the most of whatever's going on in your life right now, how you can be most productive uh, while staying at home, how you can focus on self-care, how you can really put health and nutrition, personal development at the forefront while we're all social distancing and isolating and things like that. So here we are. And uh, like I said in the beginning, bring it full circle, just really excited to be talking to you, Chelsea, and having just a really natural, organic conversation about what we're doing to make the most of our time right now. Absolutely, Jordan. And I am so, again, grateful that you're here. You and I have such a parallel story. You know, <laughs> I think I think for anybody listening to this who grew up in the 90s and early 2000s, I was born in the 80s. But of course, you know, we, we were destined to live the traditional trajectory of mm -hmm. 
go to school, be a captain of all your sports teams, get yeah. good grades, get into a good college, you know, be worthy on paper of <laughs> your hopes and dreams and desires. And yeah, then right. hopefully once you went to a good school, then you came out of it the other side and you know, just, just to share, you know, and how I'm relating really to your story. I graduated mm -hmm. college in 2008, which mm -hmm. here we are now. That was really in reflection the last time the economy was down, the mm. S&P was down where it's at today. Yeah. Yeah, 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 <laughs> you yeah, know, wow. fast forward in, you know, what year are we, 2020 now. Yeah. So it's really interesting now to have looked back and said, you know what, all of those years when I kept following everybody else's well-intended guidance for my life it really when my life started to take a turn for the better was just like what you said when I started to tune into my intuition when I started following the breadcrumbs when I started mm -hmm. trusting my gut really on a whole new level and healing autoimmune disease holistically and and you know the journey for me and now here we are on the other side and I think you and I are both feeling really excited to be able to be of service to the greater good right. and yeah. you know I, I think you honed in on a really important topic there and that's really right now talking you know like you said April 9th 2020 I, I, mm -hmm. I'm struggling to keep up with the date even right <laughs> now because we've been in quarantine for I don't know I guess I guess maybe we're going on three weeks mm -hmm. plus now I'm, I'm not even 100% sure and yeah Many of us are, I don't think what we realized until, I mean, of course I walk in a world and you do as well of self-development and, yeah. you know, in a world where we talk a lot about emotions and feelings in, in, for me, a lot of it is about embracing them and not judging them and not necessarily having to always be on or releasing the pressure of having to always be positive but especially at a time right now where I think we are truly grieving on a global scale, right? Mm. So for anyone who might be listening to this, you know, this will launch in May and it's been a couple of weeks and I'm, I'm praying and hoping, and I'm sure you are as well, Jordan, that by the time that this episode airs, yeah. that maybe we'll have come onto the other side of it. But I think it's really important to touch base and remember that this is a time of grief and for anyone, you know, like myself who had to cancel our wedding, which was supposed to be last mm. weekend, to all of the moms who are grieving their original birth plan, who, you mm. know, for anyone who's giving birth at this time, and, you know, for anyone who, heaven forbid, had had to cancel a funeral and just wish their loved ones well from afar and not be able to gather and celebrate the yes. life of a loved one that might have passed. So, mm -hmm. you know, I think really honoring this time of grief and really letting it be known that that's what some of the emotions are that you could be feeling. Cause I think it's also a really confusing time, Jordan. Would you agree yeah. with that? Oh my goodness. Yes. Uh, I'm so glad you, you brought this up and, and mm -hmm. so, such beautiful words about the different kinds of situations that we, we don't get to experience right now that are altered because of the times. Right. And I think yeah. what you bring up that's so important is this overarching theme of navigating uncertainty, mm. right? And, and I think we're so inclined to, to want to share with others how we're supposed to be feeling, how we can get through this, right? But especially in a time so uncertain as is this, unprecedented uncertainty, right? Nobody knows what the heck's going on in mm. reality. Uh, the, the key message, like you said, is to allow yourself to feel however it is that you are feeling mm. because that's how you're going to get through it you're going to have to really embrace those feelings and ultimately sit with them long enough to say okay is this how i want to stay feeling or do mm. i want to make a change do i want if i'm feeling very pessimistic and down do i want to stay like that or do mm. i want to embrace a little bit of positivity right mm. and i love that and you know chelsea the I've been doing a little bit of work on just creating some fun stories and entertaining uh, uh, people, but I'm doing some research behind it. And I've kind of found there are different ways that we are all navigating this uncertainty, right? And there, there's pessimism, like I said, and then there's optimism, obviously, the other side of the spectrum. We're all going to get through this. It's great. Mm. And uh, this is, uh, you know, it's going to be a positive experience. And then I think you have some people who might be indifferent, you know, it, it is what it is, you know, it's not affecting me so um, I'm cool with it whatever 
you have that mentality. And then I think you also kind of have the, the spiritual mentality, like this is happening for a reason. This is supposed to be happening. It's great for the world. It's great for the, 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 you know, more overall purpose of of what we're seeing. Right. Mm -hmm. So I, I think there are various approaches to how we're all going about this. And my overall conclusion with these different findings is that, like I said, there's no one way that we should be feeling. It's just a matter of how we are feeling in the moment. But while there's no right answer, I do think there is a wrong answer. Mm. And I think the wrong answer may be that perpetual pessimism and negativity, because that's okay in the beginning. You know, it's like Mel Robbins five minute rule. You can feel like that for five minutes, five hours, five days even, right? But mm-hmm. the more you try to impart that negative feeling onto other people, the more it creates this kind of negative ripple effect of ill will, of ill, Ill feelings toward each other. And then that's going to have a, a downward spiral on the relationships you have with others moving forward and uh, really how we go about solving this whole problem, right? Because just being mm-hmm. negative does nothing proactive in order to fix things moving forward. So while there is no correct answer, I think the one thing that we all should be very, very wary of is uh, this perpetual negativity and sorrow, because I I just don't think that's going to be helpful uh, to anybody. I really love that, Jordan. I really do. And a lot has kind of come through for me on that topic. And, you know, I think there is 100% you know, it's, it's important to shine light on, especially at a time where we are potentially in quarantined in close quarters with people that hopefully we do love (laughs) that, you know, those, that those negative feelings, those negative ions, they will affect your environment. You know, many of us have heard the term, you can cut the tension with a knife. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's a real thing that your environment is affected. So I do completely understand the intention behind wanting to you know, be, you know, why not be the best version of ourselves? Right. You know, I'll also add to that, that if you are feeling low vibration, right? Because that's the way that I talk and the way that I speak, nothing is good and nothing is bad. Exactly. Right. Emotions fall on a spectrum and you can hop into Google and look, you know, just Google emotional spectrum. And when you look down on the lower vibrational emotions, this is where you're going to find a lot of that shame, that guilt, that anger, And if you are feeling that way, it all begins with awareness, right? Mm. Wow. I'm feeling really sad today. Um, I'm feeling, and I'm going to cuss. I'm really, I'm feeling really fucking angry today, Uh right? It's like, and I think honoring that, and like you said, sitting in it, not to a point where it's going to keep you there, but really honoring that and giving yourself the time that you need in order to feel it. Because once we become aware of it, this is then when we, we can step back and choose again, right? So this mm. is just like what you said, that question, is this how I want to continue to be feeling, right? So right. this is really the, the transformational process kind of laid out here is, you know, how, and for me, one of the big questions is that I asked myself from the beginning, when I look back on this time, yeah. how do I want to act and feel proud? You know, do I want to feel like I, I pushed myself into productivity habits that really exhausted me? No, I don't want to do that. Do I want to feel like I didn't honor all of my emotions? No, for me personally, that would not make me feel proud. What yeah. will make me feel proud is honoring my anger, honoring my sorrow, honoring my grief, because that's really what it boils down to. Having maybe a minute, of, a minute of a pity party for myself or numbing out a little bit with Netflix if that's what I need for the day. But then... Uh-huh giving myself that permission to say, okay, am I ready to shift? Mm -hmm. And really letting that be an intuitive signal that yes, I am ready to shift. I'm ready to, because Jordan, the soul is expansive, right? So I think there's, you know, and something that I've been working closely with my clients on over the last two weeks Uh in particular is really letting go of any definition of normal that has kept you in the perceived understanding or belief that we are in control. Yeah, right. that's right. You know, something that I want to also offer here is that though on a collective level, we are grieving on a collective level, the rug has been pulled out from underneath us. We are all experiencing what it feels like to live in the unknown. I'd love to offer the mindset that we are always living in the unknown. 
We just live under certain circumstances that keep us believing that we are safe. That's right. That's right. And the, and the more we think we can control our lives, and, and for anyone listening to this who has experienced traumatic loss or horrible accidents that come out of nowhere or trauma in any way, shape or form that seems to come out of nowhere, you can probably relate to this feeling of, you know, losing the job all of a sudden, mm-hmm. right? Helpless. That mm-hmm. Yeah, helplessness, that helplessness. And we're reminded, the difference is that right now on a collective level, we're being reminded that in reality, we're not in control. And that's really fucking scary for yeah. a lot of people, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. letting yourself ruminate on that, think about that. And if you're feeling like those low vibe emotions are starting to weigh on you and you're struggling to come out of them, this is when I would seriously say, please reach out for help. Like mm-hmm. hop on Jordan's website, hop on my website. You know, I'll link them both below, chelseahaynescoaching.com, Jordan Gross, Journey to Cloud9. We can at least direct you to the resources that can help because if that dark cloud is feeling just too burdensome and you're feeling like your soul is not able to crawl up the emotional ladder to more high vibe emotions, that's when we need to recruit help. But to circle it all back around and put a pretty bow on it, the thing that I've been really working on with my clients in the last two weeks is that, is saying, listen, let's be rebellious this week. Let's give ourselves permission to be quote unquote naughty. Mm -hmm. Let's honor our rebellious inner child. What would that child do? If if I think of myself in snow days, what would I do? I would sleep in, I would Uh stay in my pajamas, I would eat snacks, you know, I would watch movies all day. Let's do that. Let's give ourselves permission because as adults, we don't often give ourselves permission just to do that. And this is an opportunity to say, you know what? I'm going to be naughty. I'm going to lean into my inner child, the needs in me that want to be nourished because the soul is expansive. And I think oftentimes we're afraid to give ourselves permission, for example, to leave the dirty dishes in the sink for a day Mm -hmm. because we have this limiting belief that oh my gosh, if I let myself dabble in being a sloth, mm-hmm. <laughs> I will never come out of it. That it's going to feel so good just to let my whole life crumble around me and you know become a couch potato that I'm going to struggle to come out of that and to get motivated again. Mm. My question to you is, when in your life have you ever, ever, become a couch potato and your soul hasn't started knocking on the window <laughs> like yeah. a day or two later being like, oh, all right, yes. honey, that was like two full I days know. of Netflix. Like yeah. something's, you know, you start feeling that itch, right? Right, 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 right. right. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, so many things come up there. I mean, one funny thing is uh, I, I listened to like some, some comedy podcasts just as a little mm-hmm. relief. And one of, one of my favorite hosts said, uh, he, he's a guy who he thought for his whole life he was born to do nothing, right? And he, <laughs> and he was born to do nothing, right? And he, yes. loves, he loves sitting in his boxers on the couch doing nothing. Oh, that's and the story of my life. The, the, thing, though, <laughs> the thing, though, about this time that he had the realization, just like you said before, was that um, now that he's given the opportunity to do nothing, once he is doing nothing, it's like it's not as fun for him anymore. Because you need to be doing something in order for nothing to be that much more beneficial, right? So he he had this really funny back and forth about it. And it was like going down the rabbit hole. But that was was one really uh, funny way to look at it, right? So yeah, do the the nothing. But I I do think very quickly you'll realize that you're going to want to get your your soul back on track. Um, That was was one thing. The second thing is just kind of what you're saying about I always project into the future. I, I call it like my, uh, like what kind of superhero granddad Jordan do I want to look back and tell my grandkids about um, mm. years into the future? And, you know, when I look back at this situation, I think, do I want to look back and say, oh, I, I wish I would have panicked more during that time? <laughs> or, oh, I, I wish I would have, yeah, I wish I would have argued more with people and gotten into more, uh, confrontations because it was just that that was just the time I wish I would have done that more because that's what everybody else was doing and when I ask myself questions like that it's so it's so silly to think yeah. like that this could be a, a negative experience like that no it's like I want to look back on this time and say wow I really 
you know, I got closer with my family. I, I got creative in the way that I engage with my friends, with my clients, with my community, with the, the writing that I did, with the stories that I shared. Yes. And that's the, the last bridge that I want to make, Chelsea, is that. So I'm, I'm big and I'm a storyteller. Like I, I, my, my title, I guess, is author, writer, speaker, whatever you want to call it. But I think mm-hmm. I'm just a storyteller at the end of the day, a creative storyteller. And I'm wondering if you ever heard of the story of the, it's like an ancient Chinese proverb about a, a Chinese farmer. Have you ever heard this story? I'm not sure. I don't okay. think so. Well, I'll tell it. Maybe you have. Um, and it's just, it's so related to what you're saying about nothing is good or bad. It, it just is, right? Mm. And uh, basically, uh, there's a, a farmer and he has a horse and his horse runs away from the farm one day. And his neighboring farmer comes over and says, oh, it's a real shame. And the farmer says, oh, it's neither good nor bad. The next day, the horse comes back to the farm. And not only does the horse come back, but also he brings another horse. So now the farmer has two horses. And the neighboring farmer says, uh, oh, you know, I, I guess it was good. And the farmer says, it's neither good nor bad. And then the next day, the farmer's son gets up on one of the horses and he gets up on the horse and he's riding one of the two horses and he falls off and he breaks his leg. And the neighbor farmer comes over and he says, oh, that's that's a real shame. And the farmer says, well, it's neither good nor bad. So the next day, the, uh, the army comes by and they're looking to recruit young men into the army. And they see that the, the young man, the farmer's son, has a broken leg. So they pass up on him and they don't take him into the army. So that's the end of the story. But it just shows mm. that these situations, you know, there's so much uncertainty, like you said. There's so much uh, extenuating circumstances that really it's, you know, our emotions are going to assign the good or bad to each and every experience. But if you kind of look at it like it's neither good nor bad, it just is then whatever happens moving forward, you kind of realize uh, things do pan out the way that they're supposed to pan out. Um, It's just about the learning that you take with it, right? So that's always a story. That's one of my favorite stories I like to share in regard to this nature of uncertainty and just that uh, it it is what it is and we're going to respond however we see fit. Yes, Jordan, I love, love, love that story. And thank you so much for sharing it. And there's, there's a couple of resources for my listeners today, because I really think that uh, stories are ancient, right? Stories Mm. are how tribes would entertain the children if they woke up in the middle of the night scared of the dark, you Mm. know, stories are how we generationally have passed down history and proverbs and and learning lessons and you know the stories and huge religious texts you know you, you read the bible and sure certain parts of it are kind of bullet points but for the most part it's all fables and storytelling yeah. mm-hmm. so you know i really i love 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 elizabeth gilbert yeah me too yeah you might know her if anyone listening to this she was the famous author of Pray love <laughs> He pray love. Thank you. <laughs> it escaped me as soon as I said it. Um, but she wrote another recent book um, called Big Magic. Yeah. And oh man, I just love this book. It's it's sort of a it's her own story of of writing and creativity and kind of her personal views on creativity and you know I she told a story the other day on Facebook and I happened to catch it of course because mm-hmm. I follow her on social media and uh-huh. it was a personal story about her and this time when she was a young girl, I think she was in her late teens, maybe early twenties, and she got recruited to work um, with this, basically on a farm. And she talked about this story and her experience with a horse. So it was it was interesting because it happened at a time where we had just gone into lockdown. So this uh-huh. might've been two weeks ago or so. And I was kind of feeling the feels. And I remember I was like, having a moment, right, where I was just laying on the couch mid-afternoon in my sweatpants thinking like, what the hell is actually happening? (laughs) Uh So I hop on social media and I see Elizabeth Gilbert's beautiful face and she's just such a beautiful storyteller as you are too, Jordan. And her story and her personal story of 
triumph and a time where she had woken up in, in the middle of the night and basically if you tie up every horse in the middle of the field, you can take the alpha horse mm -hmm. and tie her up and the rest will for the most part stay in the area. And she woke up to this intuitive feeling like something's not right in the middle of the night. And they were like camping out in the woods and the mountains. And of course, the way that she tells the story is just like, oh, she has you right from the beginning. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it was the story of triumph. She found the horse. The horse had pulled up the stake and had found itself in this like brush far away on the opposite end of the field and was all wrapped up and was crying and screaming and she had gotten herself totally tangled up in the rope. And it was this moment where she said, well, I don't have time to go back and get help. I need to mm -hmm. help this horse right now, otherwise she might die. Oh. And she said it was this beautiful moment where, you know, early, early morning, it was still dark out. And she said, me and this horse came through this moment where she, you know, she was mm -hmm. untying knots. And she said, here I am, you know, battling yeah. this very scared horse yeah. who could kick me and, and hurt me even by accident and kill me. But, you know, it was, it was a very fearful moment for the both of them. And, and they both just approached it with, this is neither good nor bad. We just need to get through this. And of course they got through it and she brought the horse back. And in the morning, Nobody was for the wiser. Mm -hmm. All of the horses had come back. And it was this amazing story of overcoming triumph. Right. Similar. And, uh -huh. and I love yep. the idea of stories right now really being what connect us. And, you know, that, I don't know. It was just, I felt inspired to share that because I, I didn't feel like it yeah. was by accident that you told a story about a horse as right, well. Right, about a horse. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I love the connection. And it, it it's just like uh, Marie Forleo, right? Like that mm -hmm. everything is figure outable. You know, that's just you you approach a situation, and so long as you don't assign you know immediate positivity yes. negativity to it, you can just figure out what to do because it's just something that you get through. And maybe it's not the perfect way you figure it out, but it's your way of figuring it out. And that's just yes. like the situation right now. You're figuring it out in your own way. And how relevant to everyone listening to this who maybe has been laid off or who maybe is an entrepreneur and, you know, is struggling to find that creative ways to start making money again. And, you know, remember, right, just like what you said, this is neither good nor bad and everything is figure outable, which I'm, lis I'm mm -hmm. listening to her audiobook right now as we speak on my daily walks. That's oh, the book. That's, that's awesome. the book I listen to. But, you know, it brings forth the question to me as well. And, and I do sort of land on, on the different categories that you mentioned in the beginning of our chat here of okay. the spiritual side of it. And I think it's important to, yeah. to, to talk about that just for a moment. And I, I think there's a little bit of a difference in, well, because I, I, I'm a Christian and I, you know, mm -hmm. I don't necessarily, like it's been a journey back to that faith for me. I grew up Catholic mm -hmm. and, and I've been teaching yoga for a long time. And, you know, mm -hmm. it's been a kind of an interesting relationship with the divine for me personally. But mm -hmm. recently I heard my pastor say, he said, you know, optimism is really interesting because it can be kind of easy to just say, yeah. you know, well, everything's going to be fine. That's right. right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't really take courage to say that. It kind of says like, well, let's just push aside all of those other low vibe realities that we're all living in right now and are very real for us and just say, well, let's sweep that under the rug because everything's going to be fine. Right. Yeah. Uh huh. But if we really have faith, mm -hmm. right, there's an element of faith that comes in where for me, this is what makes it palpable. This is what makes it real. This is what makes that, that optimism less kind of like fluffy for me where it's mm -hmm. like, no, I have a deep sense of faith that amongst my pain and amongst my low vibes that I could be feeling and the fear, the collective fear on a global scale that we're feeling, I have faith that we will come out of this stronger. Mm. And that just resonates for me a little bit differently, you know? So I, I think... I think having that kind of spiritual connection to something greater than us, whether that is, you know, your own yeah. divine self, your ver your best version of you, right? So right now, if yeah. you're like, you know, I'm not really feeling my best self, like what is that version of your best self? And let that be your guiding light, you know, and maybe connect to that higher power, that which is greater than us, that 
thing that is bigger than words can even comprehend. I love that. Yeah. I think having that driving force is important right now. It really is. I just finished Mitch albums, have a little faith. Yes. And I want to talk about Mitch as well. (laughs) It's, it's just so good. It's honestly so good. Right. And, and just to, to, to wrap up the point about the optimism, that's me, right. I'm an unshakable optimist that I think that in every situation, I'm always trying to look for the positive reframe for every uh, way possible to make it into an opportunity, that kind of thing. But, um, I've, I've realized, especially as I did my own writing, I created a, a story in, in regard to this situation about navigating uncertainty that I'm not, I'm not always correct, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not always right. I don't think it's possible in every situation to say that just because positivity and optimism will make you feel a, a certain way, will make you feel bright and and. Uh, eager to see what happens next that doesn't mean that it's right for everybody right and I think you know you 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 do have the personality types that are the pessimists or they they are the the anxious people Mm. um and just incessant optimism is not going to change Mm. their current behavior so that's why the spiritual approach and in my my parable, I call him sage. Mm. So the the sage the sage approach is much more like you're saying. It's just this understanding that um, you know it's it's not it's not about the 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 comments that are going to to allow you to get through it or the the positivity, but it's really just this this faith, this attachment to something. Mm. That no matter what happens, good or bad, whatever your interpretation of good or bad is, um, whatever happens next is going to be dealt with, right? And that's really more so how I think we should look at it as opposed to just attaching ourselves to a certain personality type and not wavering from it, right? Like I'm really trying myself to not always be the optimist if somebody comes at me with pessimism and if somebody says this is a terrible situation, I, I, I'm trying my hardest not to say, well, it could be good because that person is not just going to change the way they think because I am an optimist. Mm. If somebody comes to me and says, this is a terrible situation. I'm going to say, I understand that this is a terrible situation, um, you know, but is us saying it's a terrible situation, making it any better. Yes. And that's, you know, it, it, for me, it's always about uh, understanding and realizing, but then trying to find ways to, change and improve if that's what we want to do right if people don't want to improve then you can't help yes exactly I love that Jordan you're so right I think so much of it too comes down to allowing ourselves to stay in this place of curiosity about each other and about our processes Mm -hmm. right and asking each other questions is a really great way to stay in curiosity because if I can be curious about somebody else's process who sees the world a little bit differently than I do, then it's impossible for me to judge them. So, mm-hmm. so let's take yeah. a step forward here. I'm so excited to hear about your book, The Journey to Cloud Nine. Oh, and, you know, you. I read a little bit on your about page that you had just finished reading The Next Person You Meet in Heaven by Mitch Album. And I, yeah. which I didn't realize I read The Five People You Meet in Heaven. I didn't realize he <laughs> yeah. also had one, The Next Person You Meet in Heaven. And that book between, and I know that, and we're going to get to this, but the journey to cloud nine has also kind of been paralleled to the alchemist, but the alchemist mm-hmm. and the five people you meet in heaven, those, those books have found me at times in my life where of course I needed them the most. I was on an airplane when I finished reading Fitch oh. album's book and I just bawled my eyes out. It was, <laughs> oh. it was so good, but please share with us a little bit about your process and you know, where the concept of the journey to cloud nine came from. And then of course, what is it all about and who is it for? Yeah, so uh, so many parallels. I, I finished The Alchemist on a plane. Yeah. Oh my God, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. no, really funny. Um, so yeah, just to, to back up a little mm-hmm. bit, um, The Five People in Heaven came out years ago, like yes. maybe 15, 20 years ago. Long time. And The Next Person You Meet in Heaven was the long-awaited sequel that just came out last Ooh, year. Oh, exciting. Um, okay. It took him a really long time. Or I don't know, maybe it was he had it written, but they just wanted to build up hype. I, I don't know how they ended up doing it. But uh, yeah, it was a sequel to The Five People Me in Heaven, and it's the next person me in heaven. And it kind of just tells us 
amazing story about near-death experiences mm. and and how what we do while we're here on earth touches um the experience you're going to have in the afterlife it's very spiritual uh that kind of thing and it leads me pretty well into the journey to cloud nine because the book that i wanted to write at first was my interpretation of what heaven looks like mm. and I had this idea, this fun, creative story where when you get to heaven, you land on cloud one. And cloud one, you get to kind of look down at your life and, and see an experience in which you made a decision, right? And maybe it wasn't the right decision at the time, or it was a decision that you regretted. And what you get to do on cloud one is relive that experience by making the right decision or, or taking a different path in that moment, right? Mm. And then you'll get to cloud two and you'll relive a different experience and you get to cloud three and cloud four and you'll relive all of these experiences, basically making the choice that's more aligned with your heart and your intuition as opposed to societal expectations and peer pressure, right? It's kind of yeah. my own story a little bit from my life, right? Um, and then basically when you get to cloud nine, Cloud nine is reliving your entire life based off of your intuition and your heart and your gut, right? So that's the cloud nine heaven-like experience. So that was what I wanted to do with the book. And it was heavily influenced, obviously, by Mitch Albom's interpretation of heaven. Mm. But my dad had a, a quick comment that he made. And he said that I, I my first book was... A, pretty simple self-published book about morning routines. And I had grown a, a nice following and people who were looking to my content about ways to overcome stress and anxiety today, right? Right here, right now. And he kind of made this comment like, it's a cool concept talking about heaven and, and the afterlife and spirituality, but, you know, um, sort of why don't you make this a, a book for people to get better while they're here on earth, right? Yeah. Like he wanted to kind of make it a, a warning sign as opposed to, oh, things could be better after you're gone, right? So it's mm -hmm. kind of like you're playing that slippery slope there. Yes. So I, I, I reframe the concept to say that it was a, the journey to cloud nine is now a visualized experience of a man. His name is Jerry. And Jerry goes through his life as he lays in bed and he's, he's in his late 60s and he's depressed and he's isolated and alone because you see that he lived his life according to societal expectations and the people around mm. him and making decisions based off of all of those things. Um, but in his visualized dream, he gets to see what his life could have looked like had he made the decisions based off of his heart and his gut, his intuition. And you get to see that, you know, when he gets to cloud nine, he has this opportunity to make a resurgence, to start living his life no matter where he's at, even as a, an old man in his 60s, um, which isn't that old, uh, to, just, <laughs> to just kind of restart and write some of his wrongs, right? Rewrite his story starting from there. Um, so that's what the book's all about. And then the, the last little bit is that really it came from a conversation I had with an Uber driver. We were driving in New York City along the East River and I saw a boat and the boat was called Cloud Nine. Mm. And I asked him what Cloud Nine meant to him. And he told me all these amazing stories about his life as we drove to my apartment. And I started asking more and more people what their cloud nine moment was, how they live a cloud nine life. And as I gathered all these stories and kind of did the traditional approach to personal development, where I did interviews and did research about euphoria and meaning and fulfillment, um, I decided that I didn't want to just put something out there that everybody else was doing. I wanted to make it creative yes. and really speak to my main skill, which is this sort of entertaining storytelling type approach. So that's how the book got to where it is. And and the last thing, Chelsea, on this, I'll, I'll let you dive in. Yeah. But um, I stopped promoting the book for the last three weeks as this, mm -hmm. as everything started to happen. And it was because in my gut, I didn't feel right sharing a promotional message about go pick up this book or, mm -hmm. you know, there's more time to read. So go ahead and, and read this. Or there's more time to walk so pick up the audiobook I just didn't feel like that message was right but as I sort of reread yeah. some of the chapters I had some conversations with people I realized that this book is about navigating uncertainty this book is about <laughs> overcoming adversity this book is about 
making decisions in your life right now that like you and I keep saying, no matter good or bad, their responses based off of how we see fit in each situation. And we're going to keep going forward based off of the decisions that we made without any regret, without looking back, without looking at the time and saying things like you and I were saying of, I wish I would have panicked more, or I wish I would have done this and I wish I would have done that. Um, so that's what I think the book is all about. So now is, is probably a really good time to read it. Um, not just because you're home and you have more time to read, but more so because I think the lessons that are shared through the story that I tell of Jerry, um, they're pretty applicable to just what we're facing now, unprecedented times, times that are, uh, seem helpless, Mm. right. Where we, where, where we kind of lose track of hope. I think what the journey to cloud nine shows at the end of the day, more than anything else, is that no matter where we are, there's always going to be hope moving forward that things can change. Amen. I am just so excited to dive in. And there's a couple of things before we just get to the logistics of that, that I think are so important to hone in on, right? And and it kind of circles back around to some of our chat earlier without going too far down the rabbit hole, but you're exactly right about decisions, right? Mm-hmm. So if you are at this forefront right now, and I think we all are, and my business coach said to me, as soon as <laughs> really, I'm going to cuss again, shit started hitting the fan and we ran uh-huh. out of toilet paper to clean it up, <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. <Nice>. uh-huh. <laughs> right? Um, you know, she said, the worst thing you can do right now is not make a decision. She said, mm-hmm. as business owners, as entrepreneurs, as employees, we're being forced to make decisions right now. And she said, you know, we're going to look back at this time and the people that are going to feel mostly stuck are the people who let fear paralyze them. She said, and we're going to reflect back. And of course, hindsight is the gift to be able to say, well, that was the right decision or that was the wrong decision, but it's the inaction that will, that will inevitably going to perpetuate that feeling of being stuck. Right? So whatever decision you are making, just like what you said, Jordan, and and I don't even know if you knew this, but as a gut health coach, yes, I focus on health, but the secondary Mm. layer to that is so you can trust your gut instinct again. That's Uh that's my whole thing. (laughs) So talking about really being able to trust your intuition, trust your Mm -hmm. gut in that moment where you have to make a decision. And you know, when it came down to, for example, having to cancel our wedding, like we Mm. were forced to make that decision. And for 24 hours, really that inaction of, are we going to do this or are we not going to do this was very tumultuous. It was like Mm -hmm. very anxiety stricken. It was very fear stricken. It was, you know, I didn't know what to do, but as soon as I made the decision and my cousin, she said to me, Chelsea, my one piece of advice here, if you're making a decision, let peace be your umpire, you know, an umpire, Uh, you know, they, they decide what happened. They make the decision what on what that ball was. Mm -hmm. He said, let peace be your umpire, because that is your intuitive hit. That is your, you know, your inner guide speaking to you. That is the divine speaking to you. And whatever gives you the most peace, that's how you know, or at least that's one way that you know that you're following your gut instinct. And as soon as I said, you know, and I really went there, I put myself, you know, if we don't, Mm -hmm. if we don't cancel, this is how it will feel in my body. Yeah. Do cancel. This is how it would feel. And it was an immediate rush of peace. And as soon as Mm -hmm. I sent that email to my family and I said, listen, we're going to have to postpone. I finally was able to take a deep breath. And that's how I knew that, you know, my gut instinct was right. And this was, this was back March 13th, I think is when we decided Mm -hmm. to actually pull the plug. So this was even a week or two before we really were like, all right, we're in this now. Right. And it felt, wow. it felt good that I felt ahead of the game because I was able to, you know, get on the phone with the resort and with the airlines mm-hmm. and the destination wedding mm-hmm. before all of the chaos really hit the fans. So I was kind yeah. of able to get ahead of that. So you're exactly right, right? The opportunity right now to take this time that we have to read the journey to cloud nine, to maybe start learning how to tap into those intuitive hits and to really say, wow, yeah, you know, these times in my life, when I reflect back, have you ever heard of The Five Regrets of the Dying? It's a book by a nurse, and I can't think of her name right now. 
No, but I'm writing something pretty similar. That sounds pretty uh, yes. interesting. Let me, let me hear it. It was this hospice nurse, and mm-hmm. forgive me, I cannot remember her name right now. The book was mm-hmm. called The Five Regrets of the Dying. Okay. And she spent her years working in hospice talking to people who were, of course, sick and, and on their way to transition yeah. out of this world. And the number one regret of those five was living their life not on their own terms, mm-hmm. but living their yeah. life as it was dictated to them of how it should have been. That was the number one regret of all yeah. of the years that she worked in hospice. And it gives me chills every time I say it. So, <laughs> you know, your book really goes hand in hand with yeah. that. And how can we yeah. look back? How can we look back at our lives in this time and feel proud? I absolutely love it. And so Jordan, I think right now you are offering, or at one point you had a gift of a segment of the book. Is that still an option for people who are listening today? Totally still an option. Awesome. First three chapters are available for free. And then I also made the ebook 99 cents. It's the lowest (gasps) that it can go on Amazon. Amazing. It's just 99 cents to get the whole thing. I'm going to buy it right Um, now. (laughs) And, and yeah, like you said, I don't think that any decision that we make is is right or wrong, right? But it's just about not regretting what you don't choose, yes. right? So you made the decision not to have the wedding and yes. here you are, you, you did it 100% and you're not constantly thinking, what if we would have had the wedding? What if we would have had the wedding? Because you made a decision that you're at peace with it. And by the way, phrase moving forward um, that your cousin said, let peace be your umpire because it's great. And I'm a sports so it kind of, it ties in well. Yes. Maybe, yes. maybe I'll say, maybe I'll say referee. Let peace yes, be referee. beautiful. A, like a, I'll throw soccer into the mix a little bit. Yes. Cool. So, yeah. <laughs> Amen to that. Yes. Let peace be a referee. I absolutely love that. So hop on Amazon, go get your three free chapters and heck buy the book for 99 cents. Hey guys, I'm sure you could tell there it was a little bit of an awkward ending. My internet totally cut out right at the end of our interview. Thank God it was right at the very end. So be sure to hop on Amazon, get your Kindle version of Journey to Cloud 9 for only 99 cents. And if you're still hesitant to invest in the 99 cent book, you can hop into the show notes where Jordan has kindly offered the first three chapters of the book for free. Thank you all again so much for listening. I love you all. I wanted to take a quick moment to give you, my community of listeners, some genuine appreciation. I know how valuable and precious our time is in today's world of productivity, and I couldn't be more grateful for yours today. If you feel that this episode was of value to you, I would be even more grateful if you were to share it with your people. Go ahead and copy and paste that link into messages. Smartphones make it super easy these days. Or if you're feeling really creative, pop a screenshot of the episode into your Instagram stories and send it on over to that person in your life who might need this boost of inspiration today. Don't forget to tag the podcast handle Let's Start Health and of course my account, your host, The Chelsea Haynes, so we can have all the fun connecting, building community, and sharing all the things. Thank you again and remember, be curious and relentless on this journey to health.